All right, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. Today is podcast number six. This has been going really well. I've been enjoying all the feedback that everybody's been sending in. It's really fun. Like, you know, I didn't expect, I hoped that it would be the type of thing where people were getting more engaged. And each week, the comments coming in are more. We have the most comments and questions this week of any week. So uh, keep them coming, guys. I like doing this. And uh, so we're, we're always happy to uh, answer any of your questions, especially if they're confusion about the course or anything that's unclear. We always want to you know, pick that stuff up and, you know, therefore make the course better. It's kind of a living course now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, just a few updates on what we've been doing this week. You know, each week we'll give you a little update on what we've been up to. And uh, we've been focusing on making some updates to the pronunciation mastery um, just for the purpose of getting it on a couple of more platforms, but also um, to, to, get you guys ready for an announcement. We're not quite ready to make the announcement yet, but we're going to have an announcement about pronunciation mastery that I'm sure that you'll all be very excited about. So that's uh, one thing we've been doing. And uh, another thing that we've been doing that I would like to talk about is the um, we've been reaching out to potential partners, people who might want to uh, come on the podcast, uh, do a guest post on our blog, or be open to us doing a guest post on their blog. And so if you know anyone or you you yourself would like to join the podcast, send us an email over at support at mandarinblueprint.com. We're always looking for new uh, ways to promote the course and also just get people using this method because it you know, really works. So, yeah. All right. So any other updates you want to talk about, Luke? Well, I mean, we just had Chinese New Year, haven't we? Mm. And uh, Yours was... is much more interesting than mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, uh, well, where to start? So first of all, I took an opportunity to, to finally propose to my yeah, girlfriend, yeah, yeah. who's now fiance. So that's great. Uh, we did it in Congratulations. Beijing. Yeah, did it in Beijing with um, at the top of Jingshan, overlooking mm. the Summer Palace and the uh, Forbidden City. And uh, well, it wouldn't be the Summer Palace. Summer Palace is up in the north. Yeah, it? yeah, it forbidden, forbidden City. Forbidden City. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Out. Yeah, it was all dark anyway. All the lights were turned off. Oh, I thought yeah. I'd, 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 I hoped all the lights would be on. That's oh, the whole right. point. Of why I went up there. Yeah. Anyway, she. Uh, she said yes, that's good. And also, she was telling everyone, "Oh, look, Mao Zedong, like uh, Mao Zedong, also agreed on the on the, uh, <laughs> right, the marriage as well." <laughs> so, well, that's good. You know, then you're for sure going to have. Uh, well, I don't know what to make of that, but <laughs> let's not go into Mao. This is best yeah. not. Um, but yeah, so that was great, and I had a really unique experience. I mean, I was I was in her hometown, I was in the countryside, and there's just so much to talk about it. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so what was, I mean, so you were in the countryside in the Hebei province, right? Is that In the Hebei province, mm. um, which it was, well, started off in Tangzhou. Um, mm. It's a little a little uh, place called Huangzhuang, uh, like Huanghou, like mm-hmm. uh, royalty, mm-hmm. yeah. sort of Huangzhuang. Yeah. Little, little village, very, very small amount, of, well, relatively small amount of people. And I just basically got to experience the real Chinese New Year for the first time. I've been mm. in China for like almost six years. And my experience of Chinese New Year, our experience of Chinese New Year has been pretty, you know, benign. It's just been like, mm. uh, we've, you know, we've had a few drinks and yes, we, we you know, heard sure. some fireworks go off before they were banned in all cities across China because yeah. of pollution, unfortunately. Um, but uh, we never really had that, you know, a unique experience of it. Um, I certainly hadn't until now and we also you hear about chinese new year as like this you hear about it from chinese textbooks mm. you know or any chinese course that you try and 
No, they all say, let me tell you about what we do at Chinese New Year. We eat right. dumplings and we do this. And it's just so, it just feels so lame. It's just like, oh, okay, uh, again, talk about Chinese New Year. And it, but to actually experience it is, is something else, especially experiencing it in the countryside the way it's supposed to be experienced. Yeah. You can't experience it properly in the city. At least that's what I've been told. Um, partly to do, to do with some of the ceremonies that take place and course fireworks aren't allowed anymore so it's kind of mm -hmm. like it's like christmas without christmas decorations yeah, or yeah. christmas trees or just a quick note in the fireworks when i first <clears throat> came here i was in beijing for chinese new year and it was like i'm sure that auditorily speaking it was what it must feel like to be in a war zone because like you'd oh, just man. be walking around and suddenly it'd be like bah, 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 yeah and, then yeah. Out the and people like, would boom, aim boom. at you as well so, <laughs> so i just like shooting those little things having like little fights yeah. Um, like those, I can't remember what they're called, but those fireworks that sort of shoot oh, off. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't do that anymore because of, and that was the reason they gave the government was because of pollution. I mean, it did get pretty crazy. Like it was like the, <laughs> the day of Spring Festival, you would just look yeah. around and, you know, sometimes Beijing yeah. would be badly polluted anyway. So it wasn't like you weren't used to the sensation, but you would look out and be like, whoa, yeah. that's pretty, pretty gross. Yeah. But, yeah, but so. uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and it is like Christmas that it's our, it's, the Chinese equivalent of Christmas. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, you know, we got there, at the, we got to Tangzhou, uh, the Huangzhong, the little village, at 3 p.m. or so. I'm, I have to I have to look at my notes for this because there's so much to talk about. Mm. So I'm just going to dive right into it. So I like, 3 p.m., this is essentially Christmas Eve. Right, right. The equivalent of Christmas Eve. And uh, there was already just hundreds of dumplings there ready to eat. So me and, me and my fiancé, we... Um, uh, started pretty much eating immediately as soon as we got there. And it was essentially, um, it was the, what you're supposed to do on Christmas Eve, you're supposed to put up the Chun uh, Lian, like the red mm -hmm. things you see around the doors. And it's to keep away the Nian Shou, the sort of Nian monster. The, oh, the, yeah. The, the yeah. year monster, which is supposed to come around and eat children, apparently. Right, right, right. Um, so that's that's why they put up those those red things around the doors, you know. Yeah, there's lots of little like there's lots of little superstitions around it, but they're kind of yeah. just charming, you know. It's just sort of things it's, like you that. Know, it's just like Santa Claus, you know, or Father Christmas, like coming sure. and look, like watching you throughout the year, and um, and you know comes in the, in the night and delivers you yeah. uh, presents. Yeah. It's like those kind of sort of interesting stories. And by the way, the day before Chunjie, which is the actual day of Spring Festival Chinese mm -hmm. New Year, is called Chuxi. And that's the night before. And I, you know, I admittedly before was confused about which night was the b night of the big dinner. And it's actually it's Chu Xi. Right? Chu Xi, you mean like first uh, time? Chu, right? Is it Chu? All oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Chu Xi. Oh, right. of course it is. Sorry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just like the night before uh, the, and that's and it's because you have dinner and then well <clears throat> you, you stay up till midnight and yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, they were just preparing more and more dumplings mm -hmm. whilst I was just chatting away to her dad. And then we had for dinner, we basically had this Nian Ye Fan, like uh, mm. the, the basically Christmas Eve meal. And apparently they have to have fish because it's Nian Nian Yu, Nian Nian Yu. Yeah, yeah, we had fish as well, yeah. Yeah. So after I chatted away to her dad for a while, um, they were preparing jiaozi the whole time mm. for that night and also the next day and also to deliver to the gods, which I'll talk about in a sec. Mm. Um, so the, that evening we had fish. Fish is very important to have on that Christmas Eve meal, the Nian Ye Fan, the basically Christmas Eve 
<laughs> this is all Chinese New Year Eve. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's the comparison to Christmas Eve is good. I've got to keep yeah, using yeah. that comparison because it, it felt like it, like the magic of Christmas as well. It, yeah, yeah, I yeah. felt I got a little taste of that. It's like the magic of Chinese New Year. Mm. So uh, you have to have fish because it's like Chinese, the, the Chinese love essentially puns, you know, Shuangguang Yu, or it's, it's called something else. I can't remember where the, the character is the same tone, mm-hmm. but it's a different character, or the same pronunciation as well. So it's Nian Nian Yu. That's. So yu is also fish, but in this case, yu means surplus. So mm-hmm. basically, if you have the fish in the, the, the New Year's Eve, you know, the um, Christmas Eve, that means the whole year mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, you're going to have lots of stuff, lots of food and things like that. Right, right. And this is yeah. a very common theme as well. It's whatever you do on New Year or New Year's Eve or around New Year is sort of follows on through the rest of the year. So... You eat a lot of jiao de the next mm-hmm. morning, for example. So we had a huge, I won't jump ahead though. So we had a huge meal, um, and but before we had the meal, we had a ceremony where everyone has to kutou, like bow down to the, it's Buddhism, right? Mm-hmm. Buddhism is heavily, um, uh, it's, it's a, probably the most popular religion by far in China. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, most people would consider themselves non-religious if they were surveyed, but of mm. the religions, Buddhism has the most people, I think. Yeah, but this is an incredibly common uh, ceremony. Mm-hmm. And it was, they have a special room. Like Her mom would go in and deliver some jiaozi. First give the jiaozi, vegetarian jiaozi, you're not allowed to give meat because it's, you know, vegetarian right, right. Buddhism, right? So she'll go and sort of offer up to some the the buddha i guess and um and you know say like they have like um uh xiang they'll have uh, incense as mm-hmm. well and after the buddha gets gets to eat then we get to eat right so then we all sit down have this huge meal um so called xian ji xian ji zu which is a uh, first gift to the buddha and then mm-hmm. we set off fireworks and then we finally get to eat loads of dumplings. Now, the dumplings are the, like the, the theme, basically, for the, mm. most of it. They're like the zhushu, the main, sort of like the main meal, I guess you could say, but not. But it's not quite the same sort of definition. But uh, lots of drinking, stayed up till like, you know, midnight or so, uh, just being force-fed baijiu and yeah, yeah. dumplings, which is just lovely. I, I actually really like baijiu now, by the way. Yeah, uh, it grew on me as well. It took a while, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, here's an, a really interesting point. So my fiance has two older sisters and because they're both married, they're not allowed to spend the New Year's Eve with uh, their parents because they're, they're girls. They have to spend it with their husbands. Oh, right, right. So away from their parents. So we're not married, mm-hmm. uh, but so we can spend, but I'm not Chinese anyway, so it actually doesn't matter. Right, like, right. It's only if I, was chi- if I was a Chinese man <laughs> and we were married, then yeah. my, my wife would not be allowed, you know, under Chinese tradition mm. to spend the new year with her parents. So that means that her parents would be all alone. Well, in I think a big you should, house. should probably just call up your, your folks and just be like, hey, start a new tradition entirely. We're coming to England every year because <laughs> Chinese tradition demands. Yeah, exactly. So it was, uh, so they, what, but what they did though, they first cooked all the food for us, mm-hmm. the, the two older sisters, before we even got there. They made, made loads of dumplings and all the fish and stuff. They made it and then went off. Oh yeah, you know, that's to, the, to spend the evening with their, their husbands and their their families. Mm. Um, so it was basically us four, and another family from down the road. So that was you know that was very interesting. It's like a, you know they would call it um, 
重男轻女sort of thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, sure. Which is why you know people want that is in the a, countryside, the especially word for misogyny, by the way. Basically, that's but word. that's what literally, that's that. literally like zhong nan. So that means like zhong means heavy by itself, but it yeah. also means like important weight. Right? There's yeah. weight to it, and then qing yeah. means light or not important. So and this is the words of my fiance. I, I not I, I I you know a lot of us would just consider that okay, that's just the culture, but what have you. Um, but she, yeah, so I'm glad that we got to spend the evening with them. They, they weren't, you know, eating alone because that's what would have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, so after dinner, we went and set off more fireworks. Again, this is like the important fireworks ceremony to sort of scare away the, the ghost or the, mm -hmm. the monster of the, the new year. So that's, that's what the fireworks are essentially there for. And we keep the, the lights on all night which is very unusual for my fiance's parents because they like to save electricity. They're in the, they're in the village, you know, mm -hmm. but they have to keep the lights on and the heaters and whatever all night. Again, keep that monster away. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, like there was... Um, so it's quite I, a bit darker than Father Christmas, right? But <laughs> well, but there's sort of... Otherwise, we're going to get eaten alive, you know? Or yeah, my, yeah. yeah, so... Although there is sort of like a... Um, we're, we're in this together type of feeling. So when yeah. I was... I did a much less um, traditional Chinese New Year this time around. But the one thing that we did do was... Um, I went to our mutual friend James's house and his wife's mom cooked the dinner. Mm. But one of the things that we did follow was before midnight, nobody was allowed to open the door. Like, you know, it was like, you, you got to keep the door closed mm. until after midnight. So uh, James's nephew wanted to leave around 1030. And uh, uh, the she mom was like, was like no. Standing in front of the door. You can't. You can't leave. Yeah, you got to wait till midnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, well, that's, uh, you know, that's that's the culture. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we got woke up at 5 a.m. by fireworks again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very common theme. Uh, you're supposed to get up early and, again, go and cut hole, go and bow down. But this time it was outside. I'm not sure if that is a common thing, but it was, you know, the original one that the night before was inside. And this is outside. And they started, um, uh, yeah, burning money. So the fa uh, nan uh, Nana's, uh, my fiance's father held the ceremony. We, I bowed down and we burnt some sort of paper money. And... Uh, and then we went and ate more dumplings. And I don't eat breakfast. I have two meals a day usually. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's what I'm used to for the last, you know, six months or so. And so it was really hard for me at five a, at five a.m. to force force down a load of dumplings. Are they not like going to be fine with you just being like, oh no, no thank no, you? No, I wouldn't. You know, I, I wouldn't dream of doing that. So and they're, they're lovely, they're delicious, but it's just like, oh, I'm not used to this. So, yeah. but one of the key things they do because obviously, you again, it's very Christmas-like because. A lot of the ceremonies or the, the the customs related to it are for children, right? So kids don't like getting up at 5 a.m. and being, you know, force-fed dumplings. So what they do is in one dumpling, they'll put a little ying bi, they'll put a little coin. And mm. in another dumpling, they'll put some tofu. Okay. So if you bite down on the ying bi, that means you're going to be, I, I think you either get some cash. I can't remember this bit. You either get some cash straight away from your parents, like like sort of like Tooth Fairy or whatever. Oh, okay. Or I think it just means you're going to be very wealthy for the next year. I can't remember. But if you eat the tofu one, that means tofu is Chinese, is Chinese for tofu, tofu. Mm -hmm. And again, here's another one of those sort of, I guess you could say puns or whatever. Tofu. So everyone's going to be fu, which means rich. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Oh well, oh you know, 
have a lot of stuff you know be very so it's kind of like you'll uh, be rich or everyone will be rich yeah so but (laughs) no one got uh, i got uh i got the tofu one so hey everyone's a winner but the i think i think the the yngby one got given to the gods outside because no one got the no one got the coin and it was so cute like uh my fiance's dad's so sweet he was just like you know oh pretending he got the, the <laughs> coin like, uh, oh not really that was like his little joke it was it was just adorable um but uh yeah so that was that and, and again that's for kids you know to encourage them to eat a lot it's mm-hmm. a lot because the more you eat again if you eat a lot in new year it carries on for the rest of the year you're mm-hmm. going to be able going to have abundance for the rest of the year right right now here came the really interesting bit which i didn't expect at all by the way my fiance didn't warn me about any of this stuff or warn i mean it was not like bad or anything but she didn't pre-prepare me, let's say, <laughs> for all this stuff. So for the next five or six hours, there, what happened was a bainian. So basically means that, because <clears throat> it's, again, it's a, it's a village, very close-knit, everyone knows everyone. Mm. For the next six hours, we had people coming from all around the village to come and bainian to Nana's parents, sure, especially, sure. Her, especially her father. They're very respected in the community, mm. very well-liked. So loads of people want to say, and obviously they're older, right? So younger people go to older people's houses. Mm-hmm. And because they're older, they only had two people that they knew that were older than them. So they had to go. So Nana's, oh. uh, my fiance's parents had to go to the other houses with the older people to bang the end to them and mm. took us with them and showed off the, you know, the, the new, the new sort of family and whatnot. Engaged to be weird, yeah. Sure. Yes, exactly. So that was really, that was really interesting, really cool. But again, you know, doing that for five hours was, <laughs> and you said, go on in hao, go on in hao, go on in hao. You know, it's in there quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, and then we just had lunch and just drank and drank and drank. <laughs> and I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. I'm pro- I've missed probably loads of details, but it was just a Forgotten group. Forgotten them, likely. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'll, I'll be honest, I was, I was drunk most of the time. It was just, you know, having like and it's, it's because like you want to be respectful to your fiance's family, mm. and they keep offering. Like I know, yeah. I've been in that situation but, many but times. What, what you <laughs> what you'll see a lot is, especially I guess, if there's like a a, a westerner that's coming in. Mm. Um, but I think it's normal for whether you're westerner or not. But the older people, like the uncles and the whatever, they'll they'll sort of kind of force you to drink and sort of mm-hmm. see how much you can handle and stuff like this. And they kind of did that, but they're also very respectful and very careful that they didn't um, try and embarrass me or anything like that. They were just really friendly mm-hmm. and um, we had just a lot of fun, you know? I couldn't understand that barely a word anyone was saying because even though, and this is another thing again, like um, if you're learning Chinese, obviously you're watching this, you're either learning or you're thinking about learning. and you know, we always teach standard Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. And Hebei is a province that is got has got the the highest level of standard Mandarin speakers. Mm. This is Tangzhou, and Tangzhou Hua, like the Tangzhou dialect, is really hard for me to understand. Mm. It's probably a bit easier than Sichuan Hua, mm-hmm. but it was just yeah, it, it it was tough. And they were teaching me loads of cool like uh, local words and stuff like that. But I mean, just to so that people don't feel discouraged, I'm sure that if you spent uh, like another week there around oh. them all day, you'd get it. Because it's like if you have the Mandarin foundation, you figure out the uh, corresponding relationship between the mm. pronunciations, and then 
very quickly. I understood yeah. probably about eighty percent, but it was those twenty percent words, especially like the the liu, like the the, right. local, the locally only spoken local words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd have the same problem probably if I went to you know Glasgow, right? <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting. They were just teach me lots of words and stuff and. And uh, yeah, we drank all afternoon, slept for three hours, and then drank all night and ate and just again jowls and jowls and jowls and dumplings, 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 you know. Um, and and of course, that was all mixed in with loads more fireworks, and it was just mm. I had a blast. And a theme, a common theme, and of course, I went to see her foster parents as well, and we had a great time in Shijiazhuang. But um, a common theme was, you know, you can't have the real Chunjie. Unless you know the Chunjie in the city mm. is nowhere near the same experience. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's it, you've got to have it in like the countryside, the more sparse areas. So. I can see that. Uh, it was two years ago, I think. I went to Hongkou, which is a mm. sort of um, village just outside of Dujiangyan, and mm. Dujiangyan is like a satellite city of Chengdu, right next to the mountains and Qingchengshan, the birthplace of Taoism. Yeah. And this place was very. Uh, I was there for the purpose of shooting a like a, a news show about the traditions of Chunjie in that area. But I got so I don't know how authentic the experience was because it was partially for the purpose of shooting this show. But I did go to a place where they made a big, huge meal, and there was you know twelve people sitting at the table, and we did a bunch of the traditions, and uh, it was definitely different than anything I've experienced in the city. So I think that's you know, probably yeah. right. Yeah, it was just really. And the whole time it was just, even though of course I'm an outsider and having trouble understanding a lot, a lot of the time, it's like I just felt part of the family and it was very mm. warm. It was a very nice sort of atmosphere the entire time. And you know that might just be her family, but I'm pretty sure it's a common. It's There's a common definitely a common thing. thread of that culture. You know, I yeah. I was thinking about this the other day that uh, sometimes when it comes to a culture like you know China has always felt normal to me because <clears throat> Chinese people in in Sichuan anyway, they have a very similar culture to Philadelphians where I'm from in the sense that, I mean, not in all ways, but like in the way of Philadelphians aren't necessarily all that polite on the street or on the surface. Or like if you're walking around, like if I, if I'm just walking around, you know, people might like look at me because I'm foreign, but generally speaking, people will keep to themselves. They're not going to like say hello, like that Southern hospitality in America or something like that. Mm. But once you kind of break through the surface with somebody and get to know them a little bit, they're, it's like they're suddenly incredibly polite and welcoming. And, you know, it's very – so I'm used to that. You know, I've uh, discovered that's kind of a weird commonality between Philadelphians and uh, Chengdu people. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm definitely up for doing that again next year. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a genuine uh, spring festival. I mean, you know, I, I at least this time got to have a full meal uh, from – you know, a genuinely amazing cook. Uh, mm. uh, Xiao Xiao's mom was, uh, she threw down in the kitchen. It was great. Uh, but she had she also had nothing else to talk about. Like, <laughs> food, like food. even the spring festival gala that was on, which is also quite a fun uh, sort of thing to watch each mm. year, just from the perspective of it's a yearly tradition. And it's by far the most watched television event of the year of anything in the world mm. because China has so many people. Something like one, they got they were had over a billion viewers, which means that pretty much everyone was watching it. There's only 1.4 billion people here. Mm. So uh, anyway, so the... Uh, the I like would make a comment about the gala. I'd be like, "Oh, I think they've kind of improved the quality of the gala this year compared to last year." And she'd be like, 
Yeah. So how's the food though? <laughs> she just could, wouldn't change. There's no other topics. So like classic, classic yeah. Chinese mom. Yeah. Love it. And um, yeah. And also there was, a, I had a moment that I thought was sort of an interesting moment of me being a Westerner thinking in my Western frame of mind when it comes to the spring festival gala, because I was watching some of the performances and my sort of estimation of the performances was this isn't really all that amazing and this is like a natural this is a national show mm. it's like the big show that everybody's watching i'm surprised they couldn't get a better like dancing troupe and then of course that was me thinking in my like sort sort of western frame of mind of like of course if you're having a big media event you're going to have the best of the best right but it turns out each show was a group of university students from a different province doing like their thing and it was kind of like a right. hey let's see how our young people are doing from the different provinces it's and kind of like a eurovision eurovision song contest sort of thing it wasn't like the best of the best <laughs> yeah it was more just like hey here's our university students doing some cool little you know creative artistic things and it's like well yeah, yeah. of course they're not going to be the best of the best then yeah, yeah. but it's more like and I, the sichuan people came from sichuan university went on at one point and you know it just made me change my frame of mind about it and realize mm. that for Chinese people, this gala and like Chunjie and all of that, it's sort of a reflection on how is China doing? How are we doing as a community, as a civilization, as a culture? Because I, I think that I don't really think they think of themselves as a nation state. They think of themselves as a civilization. You know, they're like, oh, we've been around here for a while. And it's, you know, a bit of a narrative, well, a bit mean, of a yeah, story. They, but they, like they like, don't think of themselves as necessarily China as a country, as China as a culture. Like mm. the country China has not been around for more than what, 70 years? Yeah, yeah. But the culture is definitely thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. That's no no mistaking that. And it's know? so powerful that it survived <laughs> the Cultural Revolution, which was in a way attempt to to like destroy a lot of it, but it yeah. still survived. So in a way, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of reverence for it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. Let's get to some questions yeah, from got, you guys. We've got loads of questions. is going to be a bit longer today, guys. Cause yeah, got... that's all right. But I mean, just as a reminder, everyone, when you're looking at our podcasts, um, we always do uh, a good job of making sure that we timestamp everything. Mm. So, you know, you never have to listen to the whole podcast. You can always look in the show notes and find a question that you find relevant to you and skip to it. That's totally, totally cool. We do that in both the YouTube video and the podcast. So Yeah, and we'll, we'll follow this formula. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we'll basically... We'll talk about you know what's going on. We'll give you some general updates. We'll maybe talk about a subject, mm -hmm. and then we'll jump straight into the questions. And if you want to just listen to the the beginning bit and then just skip everyone else and see if we mentioned you and go to that and then turn us off, you're welcome to do that as well. But uh, cool, cool. you'll you'll still find a lot of useful stuff regardless. All right. So let's see here. First, Julie. Oh no, it's uh, Nassim. Yeah, Nassim again. He's the man. He's been doing so so many asking so many good questions. All right. So. What he says here is, could I take two props for the same character? So this is from character number 97, Pai, which means like to, uh, it, it can has a couple meanings. The main one though, the most common meaning is definitely to take a picture. You know, so Pai Zhao Pian, right? So that would be um, to take a picture. And so sometimes it can also mean like Pai Jianbang, which yeah. means like or just pai pat somebody, pie. right? Yeah, and so this one, he says, uh, uh, sometimes my first prop, which represents the character, doesn't fit the scene. For example, the sun prop, which is, uh, many of you know, sun, just a little square with a line in the middle. Sometimes I imagine the sun, and sometimes I imagine my actor wearing yellow clothes, which look like the sun. So, uh, this is an interesting question, I think. And so, what I, what I would say is my first reaction is that sh there is flexibility 
for sure. If, especially if you're at character 97, you're already at a point where you understand how the method works. So if you want to change things around a little bit, that's okay. But just be very clear that you're doing it. And like, so for example, we'll say have one prop per character component. If you're going to say, I'm going to now have two props, be like, these are the two props. Like it's not mm -hmm. anything else. There's no, don't add a third, fourth, like just make it very clear in your mind that those, the, those are the extra props. But what I would say about this is if you wanted, you could, instead of making your actor, which is a representation of the pinion pronunciation wearing yellow, which is fine, you could just make your son grow arms and legs mm. and like ha walk around like a cartoon. Uh, mm. That's also an option as well. Yeah, I would say it's better to, in most cases, keep one prop, one component. Uh, for it, one prop per component, but you know, use your creativity a bit more as to how you can apply it to the thing you want. Maybe, or yeah. maybe the thing you want to do just isn't going to work, and you should think about another way. Right, right. Yeah. yeah so, because he's, cause at the end of the day, if you think of more props for the same component, it's just more opportunity to confuse yourself later when you try to recall the character. Mm, mm. Um, but I've done it. I did it when I first first did this method. So yeah, like a know, lot of answers, it's like I'm, here's our suggestion. I don't want to be like, do what I do, do what I say, not what I do. You right, know. Right. So, and um, also he says because sometimes my <clears throat> first prop, which represents the character, doesn't fit the scene, and I would say, well, maybe it doesn't fit the scene. Maybe you just didn't think of a way that it could fit the scene. Though mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. you know sometimes uh, it might seem like it doesn't fit at first, but if you did it the next day with a different frame of mind, it would fit the scene perfectly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, so I would say yeah, overall. Uh, do it, but try not to do it too much and uh, make it clear. And just add on the end, as a, on the end of that question uh, about the future. Are you interested in making videos about life in China, the habits people have, how things go in China? Yes. Yeah. Um, one one channel I've followed since before I came to China for like seven years is uh, Serpent ZA. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of his channel. I think he's doing great. And and um, AVD China, I believe. Um, yeah, that's their thing where they're like traveling around. They sort of work together around. a lot. I, 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 sorry, I can't remember the guy's name there. But um, I know he goes by Laowai86, <clears throat> but I don't remember right, his actual yeah, name. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I, I would love to do something similar where we do explore Chinese culture and the life in China, but whilst you know, teaching a bit of Chinese as well. But we've got so much stuff in the pipeline that yeah, yeah. might not be able I to I talked about this a bit last week. We're, we're going to do it at some point. It's just a question of, uh, you know, uh, time and energy because it is a bit of a – it's a big project. And, like, that's all those guys do, right? Like, they don't teach yeah. a Chinese course. So it's, like, fitting mm. it in is a bit tough. But as I mentioned last week, if any of you are interested in a podcast format where we bring in maybe Yo Lao Shi or Annie mm. and we have a little bit of a discussion in Chinese, if any of you are interested in that – that you know, that's a little bit easier for us to pull off. So we can maybe do that as well. All right, cool. Okay, and uh, Julian Laffey, just a quick one. Uh, in order to remember ji, meaning zi, as in self, uh, that character, the the sort of image that he used to represent the keyword connection, the the meaning of the character essentially was to take a selfie. So he had his actor taking a selfie in the yeah, and yeah. if if you no, know, so maybe a mobile phone is not. Or a cell phone is not part is not a prop in that, but or that's maybe even a selfie stick or something. Like yeah, that. but that's an example of where you can bring in foreign objects, like objects that aren't related to anything else, but they're related to the keyword in order to represent the meaning. Yeah, that's it's directly related to the meaning. And it's I, perfect. And you know, again, like everything like this, you can always take it even a step further, which is, um, you know, we, we're talking about taking a selfie, especially mm. with a selfie stick, because they just really they really stand out. Uh, I watched a uh, Stuart Lee com comedy special called um, Content Provider, and he ends it 
with a big like selfie stick moment, which is really funny. And so, you know, you can just even take it another level anytime. So you go <clears> selfie, <throat> selfie stick. Oh, do I have any particular associations with that? In this case, I happen to. But it's probably good enough as it is, but you can always make it deeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I'm aware, this is, sorry, Sydney Green is next. Um, this I'm is a character 139, Chu, casting call. Chu as in to go. Yeah. Um, and he is, for Q-U, we, re we recommend that, that these six different pronunciations, mm -hmm. uh, we represent, oh, that's five, six, uh, <laughs> we represent uh, using a either god or a world leader. This is just <clears throat> simply to visually make it distinct from the other three categories of male, female, and uh, fictional character. But he went for, as a Brit, he's going to choose the queen. So that's, that's, that's great. She's kind of a world leader, isn't she, at least? Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I mean, that she falls into that category. And, of course, the the queen, queen doesn't sound like chu, but it's spelled the same. The yeah. first two letters are the same. So that's fine, you know. Yeah. I always like to do uh, with I always like to imagine uh, Trump because it's just he's like love him or hate him he's a pretty memorable character I just yeah. imagine him he's in the kitchen of my childhood home and he's he's banning all spoons from the, you know whatever <laughs> from entering the sink <laughs> anyway next uh, right so Chad Shu uh, Qi actress who had roles in movies such as The Transporter and The Legend of the Fist I know that woman mm. um, that's for Qi that's again for that Q-I which is a female anything with an I is a, a, a E sound is female right. so he's picking a uh, a, a person mm. to represent every time in the future that Q-I will be used and so mm. If you happen to already know a bit about Chinese culture or have watched some Chinese movies and you know somebody with the name uh, Qi, perfect, right? That's great. Or if you just like, think she's hot. Yeah, well. that's, that's true. Fine. That's that works. True. That and works. sometimes, you know, obviously if you haven't gotten into any of that, it won't work, but don't shy away from that idea of using an actual Chinese actor. Yeah. So next one is Yarden, um, who's, yeah, so for the character Mie, as in noodles or, well, it can mean about a million different things, but... Hmm. Um, we represented the two components as bai, meaning 100, and mu, meaning I. Mm -hmm. now, he, is he is actually recommending something which I believe um, works better, but it has what has three uh, props as opposed mm. to two. So I think we actually considered this originally when we did it like two or three years ago. Yeah. But then I think we dropped it for something with just two components to make it easier. But he's recommended a knife, as in just a straight line, box as in mouth and nose which is the zi character and i actually think that works better logically but it's just one extra prop so it's sort of um six of one and half a dozen of the other for me um so yeah we're always open to suggestions like that guys and, and uh, well it's also it's okay like there's not mm. everything that we like i mean even the uh if you were to learn the character three san mm. you could make that three props of because it's just three horizontal lines, right? So yeah. we often recommend a cigar for for representing that single horizontal line. You could make that three cigars, or you can make it one cigar and then have the second bit be twins, because that represents R, the two horizontal lines. So even on that level, you could there's some flexibility in what you mm. can choose. I like this. I think it's um. And actually, make, like I said, because by to be fair, it has got an extra line in the in there, right? So yeah. It sort of, it doesn't. It you know, but it, it's one of those things where you know I. Like you say, it's close enough. For it's close jazz. enough, but one of the things that you should remember, Yarden, when you're doing this is that the 
your brain is not going to have that big of a problem with that idea of like, oh, in, in Bai, it's got that horizontal line in the center, and Mian doesn't have the horizontal line going across the whole way. How am I going to remember? It's like, no, you'll be fine. Because A, you're going to keep doing your Anki card. Then you're going to see it in words. Then you're going to see it in sentences. Like, it's not going to be an issue in the long run. And it's hard to see that when you're at the beginning. But mm. you're not going to have a problem if you just did the suggestion that we made. So either one, really. Either one's okay. You want to handle this one from Ryan? Sure. We got Ryan Smith. I This one, I put this in here because I just really appreciate this type of uh, help. So we use Anki as our uh, background smart uh, space repetition flashcard system and you know we've <laughs> it's good and bad it's amazing it's it's able it allows you to remember everything but it's not a very fr user-friendly interface so mm. luckily though ryan has been using anki for years he says i've been using anki for over a decade at this point so i, I have quite a bit of prior experience with it already my largest interval right now is 18.5 years which i think amounts to i never see this card again <laughs> which is very true uh so this has allowed me to feel quite comfortable in making some small changes to the Anki cards and process that I thought I might share with you. Now, he actually gave us a few new um, suggestions, and we actually made a change to the images with some code that he gave us. So now your images will never be too big for your card, which is nice. That was mm. a great little addition, and they're already in the new Anki card downloads. But this one I wanted to put in because it might be useful to any of you on the course right now. So when you're adding a new card, so like when you're going through your uh, daily videos and you're learning new characters and components and actors and sets and all of that, we suggest that you do a custom study where you add as many cards as the videos you did times two since there's two cards. But sometimes that the math doesn't add up and it doesn't work very well for people, so there's an alternate way of doing this. And so here's what Ryan says. Rather than setting the new card limit to zero and manually doing a custom study to add the new cards, I go in and suspend all the cards when I import the new decks. Now suspend is a feature in Anki and you can uh, do this in browse by hitting command J or you can actually just, if in Anki 2.1, you can right-click and hit suspend. Uh, in Anki 2.0, there's a little suspend button on the top of Browse. Uh, okay, so going back. So after he suspends all the cards, then having a search limiting to the Mandarin Blueprint deck along with the tag is colon suspended in the top search bar. I manually unsuspend them when I get to the point in the course. And this has the nice benefit of putting me in the card editor while unsuspending them to add my images and custom text. So this allows him, while he's going through the course, to uh, just quickly unsuspend the card, put it into his queue, and if he wants to make any edits, wants to add a, uh, an image for a vocab card or anything like that, he can just do that. And I would recommend that if any of you are not doing the lessons with Anki open at the same time, I would recommend that you do that because that will... Just allow you quickly in the moment, unsuspend the card, add an image, whatever you want to do. If you want to add a note of just something you thought of, do it on the spot because you're unlikely to do it later if you don't do it on the spot. So I love that stuff. Yeah, and just thank you, Ryan, because that type of stuff is, you know, it's like so cool that you put something out on the Internet and then somebody out there just says, here's a big improvement you can make. So it's great. Yeah. Um, another one from Nassim. Uh, hello, Luke and Phil. There are lots of HSK1 hearing training apps in which you hear the pinion and you should guess the initial or tones. 
when I use these apps, I have to hide the character because when I see the character, boom, he keeps, I love he uses yeah, yeah. the word boom for like, well, yeah. like a, a click going off. Yeah. That was in my friend's backyard or kitchen. Uh, actually, I remember the full scene with all the small details. So I hide the character to use these apps. I guess he means that it's because it's like distracting. Well, it's it, like a cheat. It's like he feels like he's cheating, right? Because he's oh, like, I, oh, get, I, 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 it, I have yeah. to guess the opinion, but I don't have to guess the opinion because oh, I look right, at the right. character and I already mm. know it, right? And that's the beauty of this method is that everything's so deeply connected. Even if you forget a character for temporarily or what, what have you, you just remember one detail of it, where it's the initial, the final, the mm -hmm. actor, um, the, the props or something, you'll, it will often, most of, more often than not, trigger the entire thing. Um, mm -hmm. And any other actors that are in that particular room as well relate to other characters. And that's the beauty of creating such deep and varied connections to one piece of information. Yeah. Lots of roots yeah. to it. Exactly. Yeah, that's the key to remembering stuff. All right, the next question is from uh, Keith Wilkins. This is for character number 22, Xiong, as in older brother. And he asks, is this more commonly used than ge ge? He actually wrote ge ge with the two first tones, but it's ge ge, first tone, fifth tone. Mm. So is this Xiong more commonly used than ge ge for older brother? And it's actually not really used at all as a single word for older brother. Yeah, you can't Only use it alone. Yeah, yeah. You can't use it alone. You can't go, hey, Xiong, or yeah, yeah, Xiong yeah. Xiong. You yeah, can't yeah. say Xiong Xiong. They have Didi, you have Jie Jie, you have Mei Mei, but you don't have Xiong Xiong. Ge Ge for some reason is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could think of it as just a general use word for brotherhood or brothers if you're going to refer to. You could even say uh, Xiong Mei to mean a, an older brother and, and a younger sister. Mm. Uh, but you can't, for whatever reason, you don't say ge mei or ge di to refer to an older brother and a younger brother, an older brother and a younger sister. So or so when you're talking about brotherhood in general or brothers and sisters or whatever, you will use xiong, so xiong di, xiong di jie mei, right? Mm. And it is an exception because the other ones you can say, you know, um, you could say jie di to mean an older sister and a younger brother. You could say jie mei, older sister, younger sister. For some reason, they don't use ge in those mm. particular uh, words, but you know that's the difference. So ge ge. Now there is something to point out about ge ge, which is that uh, Chinese people often use this when they don't mean their literal, like nuclear family older brother. They do use it for that, but sometimes it's like my older cousin. Or sometimes it's a woman towards an older man who's in her general age group, who's in her same generation. She'll refer to that. I'd never hear guys say that, really. But, yeah. like, you know, that's another point about Google is that the way they use sort of family words sometimes will apply to people who aren't quite family. Kind of like, you know, I had a, when I was a kid, I had uh, an Uncle Ralph and an Uncle Charlie. Yeah. who are just my dad's friends. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I had the yeah. same thing. So it's sort of similar. Uh, the next one's from Chad Ressler. Uh, character 25D, as in plan, and it's a make a movie lesson. So this is a scene sharing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the location is the backyard. Again, it's a fourth tone. D, so that's going to be represented by the backyard of the childhood home. Mm. Uh, that's the location. Actor is Janice, his stepmom. And the props are a megaphone representing the left component, speech component, and cross, as in like a crucifix, mm -hmm. uh, representing the crucifix shape of... Ten. So I'm standing in my childhood home backyard where I see an abnormally large cross and my stepmom Janice standing in front of it looking distraught. All she keeps doing is yelling into a megaphone at this huge cross. <laughs> what is your plan for my life? Oh, I love it. What is your plan for my life? Now, 
Um, that is purely audio based, uh, as far as I can see, which I, we, I usually uh, recommend adding some sort of visual component to represent plan. Mm. But maybe you, you know, you obviously, well, not maybe, obviously, you know your stepmom better than we know her. So maybe that's something that she would say. Well, that's, that's like also a cultural style. trope, right? Because uh, in Christianity, it's like, I can't see God's plan or what's God's plan for me. And she's looking at a cross. Oh, and so, uh, do you know what? Yeah, completely spaced on that. That's yeah, what that, I, that that's could, what that, I saw when she was doing that. I didn't that, see you know? that at all. Maybe that could be um, part of it. Like, give me a plan for life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But even so, even so, the connection may still be too subtle if it's purely audio but i'm I, mm, this is mm. one of my things because we taught this for a long time for many hundreds of hours to many, to hundreds of people and we picked up a few things where people often uh things that people do that often lead to mistakes or um poor recall mm. so yeah something so to consider, here's maybe. a simple thing you could do to make it a little bit uh, you know because this does strike me as probably emotionally powerful enough mm. because yeah that's i reckon a, it'll be fine but, but as a general guideline here's a yeah. simple way to kind of have a funny little twist at the end that would make it simpler is you know if it's a crucifix like some crosses don't have jesus on it but if it's a crucifix you can imagine jesus like suddenly he pulls his hands out and he takes out a day planner and he's just like here that's your plan <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. kind of funny add yeah. that at the end simple stuff there so uh, or you are using the megaphone to shout at your uh, stepmom, and she's drawing a plan or putting up a plan on the crucifix. Mm, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. what, there's, there's all sorts of ways you can do it. Just something visual. I us I usually recommend um, to, but yeah, overall, I'm sure that'd be absolutely fine. We always just like to give general guidelines. We never like to be uh, dogmatic about any of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you know the the emotional memory of it is is possibly you know because well, the the memory champions like the guys who are really really good at mnemonic <clears> visualization <throat> will say it's far more important to get the emotion right That's of true. the scene than necessarily the visual. It's I mean obviously our visual cortex is fifty percent of our brain, so having the visual side of it is very important. But mm. if you can manage to create some kind of feeling within the memory that is mm. strong for you, like a moment where she's unclear on her path in life and she's like you know i'm desperate i'm, I'm gonna pray to god and i'm so desperate i'm using a megaphone to shout what's your plan yeah. but, but uh, yeah absolutely so that's true but uh also yeah. another thing to mention is again you know, this is straight out of dominic o'brien eight-time world champion uh, mm. memory athlete memory champion he always used to say that he still does say that emotion that using emotion is more of a, a, a it's a bit more advanced mm. you want to try and do it as much as you can but beginners novices at this sort of thing uh usually rely more on exaggerated visuals exaggerated mm -hmm. audio whatever it may be yeah um sure but uh yeah so just uh we'll see it's a balancing act yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. all right all right so next one is from uh, james kai an email we got from him. Hi guys, I've married a Chinese girl three years ago and promised myself that I will communicate fluently with her family within five years time. Mm. Steady on man, you can do it much quicker than that. Uh, I'm currently visiting her parents with her and I understand a fair bit because my wife speaks to me in Mandarin quite often, but time is ticking and I'm not speaking as much as I would like to. Can you please let me know if a year's period, ah, I see, a year's period would be enough with your blueprint to learn conversational fluent Mandarin. I would really love to impress my in-laws in 2020 and have a good conversation with them when they visit us in April next year in Australia. Well, I actually already answered James on this one. I, I'm just remembering now. Um, what I said to him was roughly, uh, yes. It, it, and the short answer is yes, but it's not necessarily about 
the the time in years or months it's more about how many hours you put in mm. and of course what you focus on so if you want to be conversationally fluent uh, as in you can speak relatively fluently and to be conversationally fluent you need to have a grasp of at least a few hundred important common words i'd say the four thousand would be fine like our, our course as it stands we will be expanding it very soon but as it stands it is 80 percent. it covers the most common thousand words 600 characters yeah which but will cover a lot of context, but just not everything. It's like you'll be able to handle things like uh, just simple conversations. How do you get to this place? Where should I? Uh, what should I order? Uh, how can I have a conversation about mm. your your interests and hobbies and things of that nature? And then if it gets a little bit more complicated, you get into like I don't know geopolitics or something. You're going to get lost. But like then you get lost keep, anyway. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's enough to be conversationally fluent and you, you'll need to pick up a few nouns and stuff like objects that you won't know, but mm. you'll, you'll be able to work your way around most, most problems. But within a year, you have to do a lot of, uh, you know, if you want to be speaking conversation, I mean, I can ha we can definitely guarantee within a year if you put enough hours in that you can read and understand all that. But in order to speak effectively, you need to output, you need to do a lot of outputting practice, mm. right? And that's up to you. Um, we usually recommend uh, don't rush into speaking. Don't, at least don't force yourself into speaking. Mm. Gra get a grasp of reading and listening first because you can't produce what you don't have in here. Mm -hmm. Right, That's sort of our, one of our key principles, right? Absolutely. So I would say, but for you, you're, you know, if you feel like you're in a bit of a rush, you want to get really good really quickly, okay. In that case, I would recommend starting off with, um, say, something like a tutor mandarin or i talk i talky mm -hmm. something like that get at least a couple of um speaking sessions going a week it doesn't have to be like loads at least not starting out but f still focus very heavily on listening and reading working your way through the blueprint mm -hmm. the mandarin blueprint method learning all those characters that you need to learn all the words reading the sentences mm -hmm. and reviewing those I, that was one of the key things i said in the email which is be sure to review your flashcards. It's absolutely vital for, yeah. uh, when you're starting out. And yeah, and just in your speaking sessions, well, we have a whole, um, we have in, in the in the ebook that we made, um, you can download from our website, <clears throat> from the resources section, we talk about, I believe it's, I can't remember exactly which chapter, it's towards the end, we talk about how to actually use a tutor effectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would, we, we, we usually recommend, uh, you, know, you know, just chat, you know, mm -hmm. just chat, but have a focused, have a paid tutor is usually more effective. Yeah. Have he or she write down notes and, right. and, and let you speak, right? And most importantly, you need to find somebody who you feel relaxed around. Mm. You know, if your teacher, like I had a couple of, I used to do weekly tutoring sessions that were free if you gave them a little evaluation at the end. Oh, yeah. uh, and so, but it was... One place I did it had the same tutor each week, which was great. But then one place I did it, it was a different tutor each week. And it was so funny how the difference, like sometimes you would get along great with a tutor. And sometimes you'd be like, I can't believe that <laughs> this is so boring and frustrating. You know, so you need to have a rapport with the teacher for sure so that you can be relaxed. Because if you're not relaxed, you're going to struggle. Mm. Like if you're stressed or you're like, oh, this person's weird, then you're going to be more self-conscious. And that's going to hurt your language ability. So, you know. Yeah. Um, so and I'll yeah. just add one more thing mm -hmm. to this, which is that, uh, you know, reading does help speaking. It doesn't seem like it would, right? Yeah. But when you're trying to speak, part of the process is 
finding the word that you want to say, right? Mm -hmm. And that process has a lag time when you're first starting to learn a language because you have to kind of, you haven't seen enough context yet. You haven't well, seen- Even if you're an advanced learner like us, we still have that issue if we're discussing a topic or trying to find vocabulary that's more advanced. Right, you right. Know? So like, it's, 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 a, it, it's a bit rarer, we haven't right. used before. Constantly I'd have the same having... problem with English, right? <laughs> yeah, if I was okay. trying to discuss something about that I'm not too familiar with, right? Yeah, yeah, and so what reading does is it diminishes that lag time yes. of finding the word, which is mm. relevant to speaking. Now, mm. you have to keep practicing pronunciation because what can happen, and this you know, will happen to everybody as they go through this process, is you know the word, but you just shoot and miss because you haven't practiced it enough from a muscular mm. standpoint in your mouth. So you know, you go to say the word and you go, oh, uh, this is not, uh, this didn't come out right. But just everybody understand that reading can help mm. you speak. It seems like they're unrelated, but they totally are. But what you should do is, um, make it more efficient so read and listen at the same time mm -hmm. and if you can also read listen and speak we call this shadowing mm. read listen and speak at the same time so you're it, it, that is you know more most bang for your buck of any exercise again we talk about that in the pronunciation mastery towards the end in the final chapter in the final unit yeah so oh, it's very nice. brain intensive to do that but it is great it's really it, good yeah. for your so pronunciation but I, I, I like to listen and read um daily to like a Chinese article or something, and it helps, mm. it does wonders. So the next uh, one we have is from Jim, Jim Awafa Deju. <laughs> uh, Jim, you gotta tell us if we're saying your name wrong, because we're gonna keep saying it like that. Uh, character five, Gan Casting Call. Casting Call is where we choose an actor based mm. on the initial spelling or sound, mm. the G. He chose Gary Coleman as his actor. He remembers Gary Coleman. He says, I remember Gary Coleman from watching a funny episode of Drake and Josh when I was a teenager. Um, and Drake and Josh was a sitcom that aired in the United States on Nickelodeon channel. And the episode was funny because Drake and Josh got in trouble for it. So this is very specific. I like that. Uh, Jake, Drake and Josh got in trouble for selling Gary, Olman, Gary Coleman grills. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, more, the more personal, more emotionally involved you are with the, ac the actor, the better. And we mentioned that a lot. So if you haven't already um, heard that from us, that's something to remember. Next question comes from Sidney Green at, as he finished level 13. And he said, great to reach the end of level 13. I have to say that I have found it quite different without the videos. Now, what he's referring to is that uh, at level level 12 is the last video, the last level that has videos for each individual lesson. And at that point, you've seen 300 some videos. So we're going to let you go and do it on your own because you understand the technique. So, Of course, we still have all the written material there yeah, for yeah, of you, course, but yeah. we just don't talk you through the whole thing. There's no need. It's we like didn't want to start getting annoying. Yeah, right, <laughs> Just keep right. mentioning the same point over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so he says, um, right, I have to say I find it quite difficult, different without the videos. Not difficult, different. Although I appreciate the speed with which I am able to deal with each character. Exactly. Um, I just hope that the movies created are vivid enough to stay in my memory. I'm going really well keeping up with Anki. Overall, I'm loving it, and I feel I'm getting somewhere. I feel, I feel I'm getting somewhere. It's a real thrill to be able to read and speak the sentences without pinion, and it's like, That's yeah. exactly what we designed it for. Yeah. We spent so long organizing the words and, the, and introducing the sentences at the right time. To, to get that sort of feeling. I can yeah. read and I've only learned, what, 100 characters and I can read Chinese sentences without the help of Pinyin. That's awesome. And he's, he hasn't been on the course that long, so it didn't take him that long to get no, to this point. he's done really well, really yeah. well. And uh, I would just like to mention about Anki. Yes, the, we don't just say do Anki because it helps you remember. Mm -hmm. It also 
points out where things are going wrong. So he's saying, I hope that these scenes are vivid enough to stay in my memory. Well, if you test yourself on Anki and you mm -hmm. test yourself properly without cheating or anything, then you're going to know exactly when you try and recall your scene, your actors, your props, you're mm -hmm. going to know where the problems are because you're yeah. not going to be able to remember how to write the components. You're not going to be able to remember how, or you're going to write the whole character and have no problem but you won't know what it means. Exactly. You know, so, you, th so that's why Anki is also beautiful because it's, it's it points great. out that in instantly. It's perfect because what it does is it just like there's nothing that could possibly happen that Anki won't tell you exactly what it is like you said yeah. and that because there's two types of cards. So the one type of card shows the character on the front and you have to come up with the pronunciation and the meaning. Well, that's the card that's going to tell you if you forgot your actor or set mm. or room in the set. And also, I mean, the way they interacted, right? And the other card is the keyword on the front with the pinion. And that's the one where you're going to realize if you forgot a prop or if you forgot the meaning. So it's uh, there's no way you're not going to know exactly what's missing. And why it's better than rote learning is that with rote learning, if you forgot one, start over. You know, that's all you can yeah. do. But with this, it's like, oh, no, slightly edit. Yeah, the thing uh, yeah. That's already go there. back into your scene or do a reshoot. We could short, we could call it a reshoot, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're gonna take that one again, right? <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is, and it's like yeah. yeah so um, also, uh, yeah, that's also another reason. Do not, please don't, but think you have to make your scenes perfect. I think we say this about a million times in the course. I don't want to yeah. keep repeating ourselves, but don't think you have to make the scenes perfect in your head. Don't, don't be the matrix, the architect from the matrix. Okay, yeah. just. Do it, what you get from A to B, make sure it's, you think it's gonna work, boom, next character. You know, Anki will tell you if, you're, if you've got a problem. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so next one is from Kai Ming Chia. Again, please tell us if we're saying that wrong. Character 24, Shuo, as in to speak. That's to make a movie, again, learning the character itself. Mm. So uh, he, yeah. he points out a script that we, a sample script that we wrote, and he was a little bit confused about it. So the script is, Speaking is an easy one to visualize. Shrek has got a megaphone and is speaking so much that you are finding it very hard to take. You take a big wad of cash and <laughs> stuff it into his megaphone oh, to this. shut him up. And he said, where is the devil component in this example? And so the right side component of Shuo appears like a guy with horns. Yeah. And so that's why you could have it be the devil. However, that character by itself, doi, means to exchange. And one of the options we gave was a money exchange when you're in you know, a currency exchange or something. And so you have a big wad of a new foreign currency or something mm. like that. Mm. So that was an alternate uh, component. And it's a good example because the devil one is based on how the actual component looks. And then the... A wad of cash is based on what the original character meant. So that's why the devil component wasn't there. The wad of cash was the representation. Right. So next one's from Nassim again. He's got a story for Peng, as in Peng Yo, which is two moon props or components next to each other. Mm. Um, Peter is his actor, P. Location is friend Stefan's house. He knows, has a lots of emotions involved in that place, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, so two moons that's his two props representing the two yue, uh, mm. characters or components in this case Peter was in the kitchen training with the kettlebells the moons <laughs> look like kettlebells oh, nice. so he sort of got two moons like training <laughs> like that he was training oh shrugs he right, was doing yeah, shrugs yeah, the weight was go. very heavy the motivation coach Ronnie Coleman comes out and shouts yeah buddy lightweight buddy again the, 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 the key word we gave this was buddy as yeah. in friend Ronnie is famous for his speech. Ronnie Coleman. I know that name. Yeah, I can't, yeah. can't quite picture him in my head, though. 
But that's another example, I believe, of bringing in a foreign object or a person or whatever it is that is not related to the character itself in the way it looks, but it's related to the meaning. So that's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. Mr. Motivator. Yeah, I would I may bought him Mr. Motivator. Come on, come on, you know. And he like literally says that. That's his like his catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. Yeah. So that works very, very well. Um this movie is a bit long, only but in my mind it's just three D this is quick. That's all, this is often what we say as well. When we try and explain this method or some of our yeah. some of our our scenes to people, they're like, That sounds like a lot of effort. But it's like, Yeah, it took me about a minute to explain it, but it, it takes seconds in your head, you right, know? Right, so exactly. that's a good point and there. So he asked, How is my movie? Uh Great. I can't see any problems with it because I like I liked it made me laugh because it was like moon kettlebells. <laughs> like talking about lifting the moon. It's like, man, he's just got some strong shoulders with that. And then of course yeah. that connection to that particular guy, like I've never heard of that guy before, but because you have Nassim it works. Yes, so that's so, great stuff. Yeah, it seems to have got got the method down there. Uh, another one from uh, oh, so this is from uh, Jim uh, for character number eleven, Shen, as in what Shen. Uh, he chose Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille is widely known as a professional basketball player, but he did star in movies. That's true. I've watched, yeah. <laughs> I've watched many of his, and he's hilarious. I've seen him. <laughs> he's just um, I've watched many of his movies. He appeared in Good Burger. Uh, and he's a TV personality now with, within the NBA. I like this the segment Shaktinafool. Shaktinafool. Shakti <laughs> Shakti oh, Shakti. I get it. All right, yeah. fine. Um, Shaq certainly brings in humor, of course, and he, he's just very memorable in general. So that's very personal for Jim. I love there. Shaq. Yeah, he's everyone loves Shaq. And yeah. he's huge. He's such a huge person. So like, if he were in the room, so here's an example of how you can use Shaq to like make your scenes better is that you don't have to use this technique every time you do a scene but a way to make your scenes more exciting is try to imagine how the room would actually react if Shaq was there so like for example if one of your sets is your high school and Shaq is in your high school like just imagine like the other students in the high school like, Shaq what are you doing here <laughs> you know, like it's so good it makes it kind of silly and absurd all right so, so um Oh, this is an, another really quick one from Ryan. Again, it's character 63, uh, D, or but in this case, D, as in Mu D. So Doyin Zi. It's got uh, more than one pronunciation, which 20% or so of, of common characters have. Mm -hmm. um, so we chose that so it could be, have a tone mm -hmm. and it could be in one of the known rooms, basically, common rooms. So he uh, he already picked uh, a target as a prop for Zhong, meaning middle. So mm. you pick like a, an actual bull, uh, um, bullseye target or a dartboard sort of thing. Mm. And he couldn't figure out what to, what to use for this character because this character is also um, as a, as a also a make the movie. So what, what to do to represent the meaning of D in this particular case because D actually means bullseye sure. uh, in that pronunciation. So he used bullseye, the character from that awful Daredevil movie. Yeah, the company. Uh, and he yet. actually did say terrible Daredevil movie. It, it is oh, right. Bad. And Colin Farrell played this guy in the yeah, terrible Daredevil movie. Yeah, he's very, very memorable in that. Yeah. yeah. So he, Sometimes terrible art is really memorable. That's <laughs> 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 why everybody remembers The Room so well. <laughs> and they made a whole movie just about how bad it was. <laughs> oh, Ben yeah. Affleck. He keeps, keeps trying, doesn't he? All right. Next question from Nassim at Character 105. Lie at the Make a Movie uh, lesson. And I know why he left this here because this is the first time that we do not give a video with one of the lessons. So we mentioned that earlier in the podcast. He said, there's no play button on this video. Is this a system problem or am I on my own now? And I read this <laughs> and I was like, oh no, Nassim thinks we've abandoned him. No, you're completely capable 
of learning a character by now. Because, again, you've seen over 300 videos at this point, Nassim. So you got it. You understand the principles of how this works. And the fact that you don't have to watch a video now is good news, right? Because that means that you can smash through it really quickly and start getting to the point where you can learn, you know, 20 characters in a sitting maybe or maybe even 30. You'll you'll start to see your potential really blossom at this point because there's nothing about – the system that you don't get. Now, of course, if you have any questions going forward, just leave a comment. If something's unclear, if you don't think a prop makes sense or you don't understand how you can come up with the scene for something, always let us know. We'll address it on the podcast and maybe we'll even put that clip on that particular character to help pe- help other people. But mm. you got it, man. So be and confident. Same, you got it. Same goes for anyone else that's reached the 105, the character number 105. You know, you, you you got the skills there, and if you forget anything, you can always yeah, ask us or rewatch a video from. You've yeah. got access to them forever, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got one more question here from uh, Jim. Uh, I don't know whether or not you talked about what life is like where you live in Chengdu. What is the cost of living like? How would you rate the cost of food, transportation? I've never been to China before, but I'm certain that if you guys, Luke and Bill, have been to many different cities in China. If I was interested in moving to China in the future to live and or work, would Chengdu be a great city? Please consider talking about life in Chengdu or other Chinese cities in a podcast episode. Yeah, I was very happy to end today's podcast with this uh, series of questions because, yeah. oh, I love Chengdu. So, like, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun... Chengdu's great. You've been here for five years? I've been in Chengdu for five years. I lived in Beijing and Chongqing as well. So I have a little bit of a comparison of what it's like to live in other cities. And I've mm-hmm. been to, you know, loads of cities. But uh, yeah. although I haven't been to Guangzhou yet, which is kind of interesting. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Not missing much. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, so first question here. Yeah, was uh, we want to talk about, I mean, we, could, we should make that an episode soon, shouldn't we? About Chengdu, just what it's like to live in Chengdu, the, the, the good. Yeah, we could bad. go into more detail. But just to mm. answer, like, some of Jim's, uh, like, simple questions, what is the cost of living life? Well, I mean, it's pretty good. If I you mean, want it's it, pretty low. That depends on you. For me, I'm, I've am i just started to get better at money, but I'm generally very, very bad and just, like, very impulsive. But uh, it all depends on your spending habits. But you can live incredibly cheaply. I mean, I, I, you know, before most people's wages are 3000 RMB a month, you know, 300 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's including rent and stuff. And they still save very, very well. Yeah, um, yeah. I know people, you know, it all depends on what you're what you want your living situation to be like. Um, but it's very affordable. But just, yeah. And you your average get, foreigner you, coming yeah. over here to learn a uh, to teach English is going to make more than 3000. You're, you're going to so. make uh, if yeah, let's just say because you know, that's the, the most common job is you're going to be an english teacher you're going to, after tax you're going to make you know ten thousand rmb which is about a thousand i can just do it in pounds and a thousand pounds or so which doesn't sound that much i guess but um you know there's you it's you can live on six pounds a day five pounds a day and eat well mm-hmm. you know? and you got you know uh, you asked about transportation subway is anywhere from two RMB to like the most I think is six RMB if you're going from like one end of the system to the other. And there's like Mobikes and, everywhere, uh, cheap, d- cheap DDs or Ubers. So we're talking about a dollar at the most expensive for um, subways, and the subway system is expanding quite a lot. Like just near my house, there's two lines that are going to open up at the end of this year and mid next year. Mm. And uh, taxes are very low. Yeah, yeah. You don't make too much. You can you know? order if, if you order the equivalent of Uber, like you said, the DD. 
it's a couple not, of pounds, it's not a few dollars. Too expensive, and yeah, it's great. And it's and also Chengdu is building um, this greenway, which is um, I just was reading about it the other day. It's going to be the largest sort of urban greenway in the world mm. in terms of like area that is considered mm. park in Chengdu wow. because they've decided that. Chengdu is going to be the park city. I looked at the plan, and I was like, this is great. And I've some of it's c- completed construction, and I'm a runner, so I'll run along this, and it's p- so pleasant. It's really, really nice, mm. and it's like everybody's chilling out. I love Chinese old people walking around, senior citizens here. They're dancing. They're, mm. like, you know, having uh, – they're playing – they're doing the tour the wall, which is a fun little game that they mm. do with the top. Basically, it's kind of like a top on the ground. And um, it's just charming. And so I would say that the fact they're building that out – it's a great place to live. It's easy to get around. And uh, so, yeah. So that's food and transportation. And uh, I think that the other... The only, I mean, we know, could we could literally... I think we should do... We could uh, probably devote a whole episode. Yeah, I think we should. Maybe either next episode or in the, in the coming few episodes, we will probably just talk about general Chengdu life and life in China and how it compares to the West for the average person. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. But yeah. we've already gone probably... But it's already a very long podcast, so yeah. we should probably try and yeah. Uh, sure. But yes, I mean, in, in the, short, Chengdu great. Come to Chengdu. It's, yeah, it's, it's probably I think the it, most livable city. Not just being biased, right? Well, there are some surveys even that seemed. I mean, it's hard to do happiness surveys because it's based on self-reporting to some degree. Sure. But it's not nothing. And Chengdu has consistently been rated the happiest city of the major cities, and so that's one mm. thing. And you know, and the, of course, and, it, goes, uh, it goes without yeah. saying that the food is like, excellent. Food's amazing. Uh, the weather is really nice in the summer and autumn and spring. It's terrible winters, but you know. And I mean, uh, the ter- I, it's, it's terrible because it's gray, not because it's all that cold. Anybody who's from like Canada or you know any nor- very northern oh, yeah. places, like this is not cold. But you know, it's a little bit gray and yeah. dreary in the winter. And but- the most beautiful women of all all china most likely i mean i might have to give the nod to chongqing on that one chongqing, but, but I they're, think they're bit, you know close but it's historically provable as well you know um but we'll talk about that maybe in another episode <laughs> um so thank you very much everyone for this week's questions do you have anything else you want to add or? that's all for this week as always if you want to uh join the course the if you haven't joined already, the link is in the show notes, uh, mandarinblueprint.com. You can see our new blog posts. And we also have a weekly digest email where we send you all the most recent blog posts, podcast episodes, uh, YouTube videos. We're always coming out with new stuff. So if you want to subscribe to that, you can do that on our website. And uh, just thank you, everyone, for all the questions. We, we It's never lost on us that uh, you don't have to leave any comments. You could just take the value from the course and move on to so the fact that you leave comments for us uh, to talk about is uh, – we're very grateful. So thanks very much. Yeah, so keep them coming. And uh, see you next week. See ya.